Cannabis Media and PCM-TV programming is supported by Revolutionary Clinics in Massachusetts, the number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one accounting solution for the cannabis industry. And by TCP's Style Lighting Grow Kit, all you need to grow. Welcome to the Green Rush, the business of cannabis. It's a, with Green Rush is a two-hour weekly live cannabis business talk show produced by Pro Cannabis Media every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard. This show discusses news in the cannabis market and each week conducts a deeper dive into specific topics of the industry. Today, substitute hosts are myself, Rick Thompson, and Josh Kincaid. Josh, welcome. Thanks, Rick. We have some fantastic guests joining us in studio or uh, joining us on camera today, including Morgan Fox, who's already on the broadcast. Morgan, welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, Morgan, you are currently political director for Normal, but you have held many different offices in this particular industry. Can you explain some of your history since starting in advocacy here? I mean, uh, how I really got into this was uh, because of getting busted for cannabis. And, uh, you know, while that would be, you know, annoying enough as it was, and, you know, dealing with all the collateral consequences of that, like not being able to get student loans, having it affect uh, mm -hmm. my, you know, housing and employment issues. Uh, the thing that really struck out to me was uh, when I was in court, dudes that did not look like me were getting much harsher sentences for the exact same things that I was getting busted for. And I just, it, it, uh, it didn't, it rubbed me the wrong way. And so I started getting uh, more involved in, uh, you know, the issue. And when I got out of college, I got an internship at Marijuana Policy Project that turned into a, uh, a full-time job that uh, I kept for the next 10 years. And then uh, after uh, MPP, I moved on to National Cannabis Industry Association for about four years, got a little taste of the industry life. And then uh, just uh, this January, moved over to uh, normal. And uh, honestly, it's been, uh, it's been a trip. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I've traditionally been involved in communications. And so that's, uh, you know, a lot of, it, you know, it's still very much involved in uh, the, uh, like figuring out policy strategy and things like that. I mean, uh, it's, it's all like part and parcel, uh, but um, working at normal, I've had a chance to uh, really get into the nitty gritty of uh, like federal lobbying and uh, man, it is wild. You know, Josh, could you tell us a little about your background in advocacy and cannabis as it relates to our show today? Uh, you know, my advocacy is um, just just myself standing on on a pedestal. I really kind of haven't really come at it from an advocate's standpoint. But for me, I've, I'm a broken individual. I was an athlete. I thought in high school, people that smoke pot were lazy stoners. They must have been doing indica all day. I don't know. But when I got to college and realized that, okay, the pharmaceuticals that they're now giving me because I broke my shoulder and lost my scholarship kind of changed my mindset from this driven athlete to this more holistic approach. I didn't want to take these painkillers that were going to make me just phase out and not be able to pay attention in college. I found cannabis at a very liberal uh, university next to the Canadian border here in, in Washington state. 
and started using cannabis and just found it naturally. So I was more or less running away from big pharma. That's how I found cannabis, uh, not really trying to get high or, or any other, anything else. It was just an alternative to pharmaceuticals. And so in high school, it was all about the, um, you know, the dumb jock and all of the stereotypes with that. And then in college, it was the stoner stereotype. I've been fighting stereotypes nonstop my whole life. And I've just kind of been this person to self advocate. And so I just push and push on social media and I drive it down people's throats to the point where folks in high school who still think cannabis is this drug are, you know, following me on social media because they're just in awe of this once athlete now turned quote unquote stoner. And they're like, what is this guy doing? And so they're just, they're following me as I kind of stand on this, this pedestal to kind of keep pushing this thing. Like there's a lot of rhetoric, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of BS out there where it's not this lazy drug that people are using, but more of a holistic approach that as someone who uses it every day, all day long, I can still have in this interaction and conversation with people as I work in finance for my, my day job, I can still do this and use cannabinoids all day long. And just to give the audience a little bit of background on myself, I'm currently the executive director of Normal of Michigan. I'm on the board of the Michigan Cannabis Caucus of the Democratic Party work with the Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition. I'm on the board of the Redemption Foundation and the John Sinclair Foundation. And I was very proud to co-host this year's Hash Bash celebration on April 2nd. But speaking of, speaking of bash, let's talk about Washington, D.C., because I happen to know Morgan's broadcasting from the district. And Morgan, there looks like there's maybe a glimmer of hope for some legislation to come out positively during this particular session regarding cannabis, maybe? There absolutely is. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tricky, but I think uh, it, let's start with the low-hanging fruit. Uh, so the Senate, uh, despite the fact that uh, Senator Schumer uh, has been kind of holding back any other uh, incremental legislation uh, until he introduces uh, the uh, Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act officially, uh, let a, uh, a research bill slide through that uh, was uh, sponsored by uh, Senator Feinstein. And uh, that one passed with uh, unanimous consent after like 30 seconds of debate, which I mean, is pretty amazing. Unfortunately, this bill doesn't nearly go as far as the House passed bill that passed uh, a few days uh, after that, uh, that was sponsored by uh, Representative Blumenauer uh, primarily, uh, that actually allows researchers to be able to access products that are available in regulated cannabis markets in the states. Uh, the Senate version does not allow for this. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we all know that uh, the, uh, the research quality uh, cannabis that is coming out of uh, or that is provided to federally approved researchers is garbage. And is, you know, half the time it's moldy. It's got like 2.3% mm -hmm. THC. And there's a, it, it does not uh, like relate to what consumers are actually putting in their bodies. And so it would be much, much better for the house pass version of this bill to be able to succeed in reconciliation. Um, we're going to be working very heavily with members of the conference committee on that particular bill to make sure that the house version is the one that finally passes or at least something closer to it. Um, because the, uh, the Senate version is really kind of useless. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a step in the right direction. And it's, I think, indicative of a changing mindset in the Senate. 
that it passed with uh, unanimous consent after so little debate. But researchers need to be able to access what people are actually consuming. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we can't get uh, something along those lines, uh, we're really not making that much forward progress. Um, but, you know, politically, it's good that these passed like very quickly and, uh, and unanimously. And it also just happened to be around the time when uh, the House passed the Moore Act for the second time. So what's the Senate's likelihood of passing the Moore Act? And I'd also like to say how disappointing it is that after a couple of years ago, when we got news that the University of Mississippi was no longer going to be the sole provider of cannabis for research in the United States of America, that that promise really remains unfulfilled, Morgan. Isn't that correct to say that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there have been a, a few uh, dispensations laid out by uh, DEA, uh, DEA and uh, NIH in order to study cannabis and to produce it, but it's been a really slow process. I mean, people that have been banging their heads against uh, this, uh, this bureaucracy for years uh, are still waiting after, you know, in 2016, they said that they were going to start allowing for more licenses and uh, for more allowances for uh, production as well as for research. And we've just seen a trickle come through. Um, in terms of the Moore Act, um, so it after it was passed by the House, which was amazing, and I think that the uh, uh, you know the fact that it was uh, pushed forward by uh, House leadership uh, with a lot of work from um, Speaker Pelosi and uh, from uh, the House Majority Leader uh, Steny Hoyer and Barbara Lee and uh, Earl Blumenauer and uh, a lot of other uh, people that were really stumping to get this uh, across the finish line and to get a, an early vote. Um, you know, where it, in terms of where it's gonna be in the Senate, um, it has uh, landed in the uh, House Financial uh, uh, or the Senate uh, Finance Committee and Senator Wyden is the chair of that committee and he's also the, uh, one of the co-sponsors of the CAOA, which has yet to be introduced. So um, Senate leadership is intent on seeing uh, the Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act be the bill that moves. Um, it took a lot of language from the Moore Act, which I think is great, um, but nobody has seen what the revised version looks like. And just recently they announced that uh, they're not going to introduce it uh, officially in April as was planned because they're getting a lot of feedback from committee leads. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we can't really have substantive conversations in the Senate uh, about cannabis policy reform until we actually have a bill that we can talk about. And I mean, there are incremental bills that we can easily talk about, but Senate leadership does not want to talk about those bills until they introduce their baby bill. You know, Morgan, we're running out of 2022. You know, every every month that they decide not to introduce something, it, <clears throat> especially in a year when there are so many crucial elections in states across the United States of America, this is an issue that can get pushed under the rug. Josh, I know our time with Morgan here, we're, we're coming up on our 420 break. I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to get in and talk to your friend, Morgan. Well, but before we uh, we get into that, uh, just one thing that I think is super important about the uh, the recent Moore Act vote is that this is the first time that the Moore Act has been voted on before the uh, the midterm elections and not in a lame duck. So 
for the first time ever, we have an opportunity to see exactly where members of Congress stand on cannabis policy reform before they head to the ballot. And that is going to be really, really useful. So anybody out there that uh, is involved in electoral politics, uh, particularly in states where uh, your representatives voted against the Moore Act, uh, it's time to bring them to task. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before we have what I anticipate being the lamest lame duck session in history uh, after November, um, I'm curious how many anti-lobbyists are out there, Morgan, people that don't want this to happen. I mentioned last week on the show that I wasn't anticipating legalization or anything to move forward because of what just happened with Scott's. I think they have a lot more lobbyists than we do. And when you put a quarter billion dollars into New York and four locations, you probably know more than I do. Morgan, what is your opinion between that dichotomy of partisan support and everyone saying yes, and then the money and maybe lobbyists actually saying not today? Well, to tell you the truth, uh, we haven't really seen a whole lot of lobbying against um, comprehensive uh, policy reform um, from people that just don't necessarily like the way that it looks. There might be a lot of lobbying to change the, uh, the exact makeup of it. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, the people that do not want cannabis to be legalized at the federal level uh, across the board, uh, folks like Project SAM, uh, you know, they might not have a lot of money, but they have a lot of deep political connections. And so it's, uh, it's dangerous to uh, write them off. Um, not only that, but I mean, you can just see from the, uh, the hearings in these bills that the messaging that these groups are, are pushing and the, uh, the, the false information about cannabis and about the effects of uh, regulated cannabis systems in the states are something that a lot of lawmakers still latch onto. I mean, we had people in uh, the Moore Act uh, hearing a couple of weeks ago still calling cannabis a gateway drug or, uh, you know, calling uh, the efforts to undo the harms caused by uh, uh, prohibition as a handout to drug dealers, as opposed to restorative justice, which it really is. I mean, these talking points still click with a lot of uh, lawmakers. And so it's really up to everybody that is involved in advocacy to reach out to their lawmakers and educate them about this stuff. And, you know, advocacy organizations can only do so much. Lawmakers really need to hear from their constituents. Can I just say, kind of, it, it, I don't mean to, to say that it's lame, but it sounds really lame to call your 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 um your senators or whatever so for anyone else who feels the way i do when you hear that and you're like that's lame i'm never going to call them go to someone like normal or an uh, an alliance cannabis alliance equivalent wherever you're at and they have lobby days it's really simple sign up and participate because you will feel empowered when you do go to your capital and you do talk to whoever is within your your district they will hear you and they'll be like oh i didn't know about that or you know you, you give them your own perception or opinions you can change their behavior in the way that they vote you really can be an impact so if you hear that and you're like that's cliche that's lame do something about it like find an organization sign up go to lobby days uh because you can make an impact Josh, you're absolutely right. And uh, the only reason that lawmakers actually do anything is because they're getting heat. So if they're not getting heat from the people that are promoting our ideals and our policy uh, preferences, they're not going to do anything about it. But, you know, in the lead up to the Moore Act, 
we were kind of on the fence a little bit and we thought that we might actually lose because there were a bunch of even democratic lawmakers that were worried about the effect that it would have on their midterm elections or they were worried about like specific issues here and there but normal and uh normal's allies in the marijuana justice coalition groups like dpa and uh so many others uh put the screws to them you know we we generated thousands of emails thousands of phone calls to these offices and that is what made them realize that this is a serious issue it made them actually look into the issue start to educate themselves about it and vote the right way morgan i have to take us right at that time we're at our 420 break thank you so much morgan fox from national organization for the reform of marijuana laws what a wonderful 20 minutes you've given us appreciate it morgan thanks buddy coming back with Alice, uh, Alex Alperin, editor and publisher of Weed Week. Thank you for joining us. Hi, my name is Tai Chang. I'm the president and founder of Aloha Green Apothecary in Hawaii. We're a vertically integrated medical cannabis company with three dispensaries, uh, one extraction lab, and one cultivation center near the North Shore of Oahu. We have over 150 employees now, and we've been working with Adaptive HR to meet our, meet our human resource needs. We're super excited to work with them as we expand, and we've grown uh, at least two, three times over the last two years. So we look forward to a good relationship with Adaptive, and uh, come visit us in Hawaii anytime. Aloha. Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best-in-the-business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information.
Meet Caduceus Science, the alternative wellness company. You know CBD, but how about CBG, CBN? That's right, Caduceus Science produces a range of full-spectrum products, all lab-tested in small batches to maintain the highest quality of products. CaduceusScience.com Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.